0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network.
1: This week on TechFan, we finally get to hear our listener review of the Amazon Fire TV. And then Tim opens up a massive can of whoopass rant on Evernote. It's techfan 185 Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fam 185 It's David Cohen here. Uh, I'm leading the show this week, which is a, a prospect that's filling me with dread, but nevertheless, uh, I'm used to following Tim's lead. But Tim is here. Hello, Tim.
2: Hey, but this time I'm in California, unlike... Well, I'm sure Owen is in California too, but I'm in California this week.
1: That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're still on your travels. So you managed to find a hotel with decent Wi-Fi.
2: Man, I, I got to tell you... Um, this is the Marriott in Manhattan Beach. Okay. By the time this show goes live, I'll be out of here, so a stalker's not going to find me. <laughs> um, it's, I'm at the, uh, the, uh, the Mac Tech Conference, mm-hmm. and I have to say it's a fantastic conference. If yeah. someone is a Mac professional or an Apple professional, this really is a conference to come to. You're going to learn a lot of stuff. Uh, and, of course, I'm here for uh, Otherworld Computing, OWC. Yeah, and we had a booth, and um, it's great, but specifically this hotel, as you know, David, I upload a lot of podcasts for the Stoplight Network, we host a lot of shows, yeah, as well as produce some. When you're on a hotel Wi Fi and you're uploading files, it's brutal, yeah,
1: it's always slow, yeah, because they, they, I was, yeah, they know most of the traffic's coming in, it's not going out. So they Correct. they optimize the network for that. Sometimes you can pay a bit more and get kind of a better connection, but it's, let's face it, it's normally shared by too many people doing too many things.
2: I was uploading uh, well anywhere between 50 to 70 megabyte files, and it was taking about three seconds wow. yesterday. I could not believe it. I, I thought it was, that was faster than I can get with an Ethernet connection to my Comcast modem at home. Yeah. It's fa- it was faster than that.
1: Wow. So maybe you should relocate. <laughs>
2: I'm <laughs> just go you, live I'm in gonna, the hotel,
1: I'm,
2: yeah. I'm, I'm staying in the hotel. This is yeah.
1: great.
2: And I don't know how my audio quality is, but I have to assume that it sounds pretty good with right, this connection. It
1: doesn't sound any different than it does when you're at home. Um, you know, so and this is, you know. is
2: my portable microphone. It's a Marshall MXL Tempo USB I've had for a number of years. It's been sitting in my suitcase, to be honest, for the last two years.
1: Now I'm looking at that on the website. How big is that thing? Is it? It looks like it's quite large for a, a It is quite large. Mic. Yeah, yeah.
2: It is. It is. I do, but I, you know, the stand breaks down real easy. It's a little yeah. tripod stand. It's USB. I just have it in that little zipper part in my suitcase, and it's been sitting in there forever with the USB cord in the stand. Mm-hmm. And it's whenever I need to break it out, and well, here's a halfway decent mic. Yeah. Uh, this is what I use, and it. As you said, it sounds pretty good. I can't hear it myself, but yeah, they, this is
1: uh, this kind of looks like there are probably 150 different Chinese condenser mics um, that you sure. can buy on eBay and Amazon and that sort of thing. And this looks like a variation of those. Obviously, they'll have it manufactured specifically for them, so you, you, obviously, you'd hope the quality would might be a little bit better. Or sometimes the build is is kind of what you are what you want. But yeah, the these uh, condenser capsule mics are, with these Chinese uh, capsules in are all are all pretty good, really. Um, the Chinese stuff is—I tend to find nowadays the stuff that comes from China—it's either so bad it fall apart, falls apart within the first five minutes, um, or kind of the middle quality is it's actually pretty good, but you just have to treat it carefully because it will break eventually. Or you get stuff that's as good as anything you buy over the counter with a brand name on it, um, but uh, but you know it doesn't have the brand name, so it's cheaper.
2: So in other words, it's all the—it's all over the board.
1: Well, it is, but if you kind of. I, some of the stuff I've bought, if you kind of ask around and you do a bit of forum searching, and particularly if it's a particular type of thing, suppose like for instance, I like um, I have a thing for flashlights. I have, probably have about 50, 60 different flashlights at home. I'm always buying new ones. I love these little LED ones that have these incredibly high powers off a, a small battery. And if you go onto the 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 forums on online where people buy and play and test with flashlights, you can pretty quickly figure out which are the ones and which are the suppliers who can sell you one that won't break within five minutes but actually is pretty good uh, and the, the, you know the ones who are sourcing second or third tier parts from the factories because all made in the same place you can find out that the sellers who are selling the ones that basically aren't worth buying because they'll break too quickly so right. you know with the with the power of the internet and the power of, uh, of social discussion online you can often get to the bottom of that and, and find out which are the things to buy if you want to save a bit the money
2: I should say, David, uh, for this episode is it will be shorter than normal. Yeah. Especially the last few because they were upwards of an hour and a half. Uh, I actually have a meeting I have to go to in about thirty minutes, so okay. it was going to be a shorter episode. But at least yeah. we got it done.
1: Uh, and we have we do have um, that uh, Amazon Fire TV review that we talked about last week, um, that uh, that Tim Clark did for us. Um, yeah and, I'm
2: looking forward to hearing it I, of yeah. course being in the hotel I actually haven't listened to it but I forwarded you the email to yeah. put it in the show so, I, I want to hear it myself
1: so I'm going to put put that at the end of the show um, and we'll we'll use that to close off and then I'll, I'll just put something on at the very very end there um, I've not listened to it yet either but do appreciate the effort Tim I know we kind of ragged on you a bit last week and yeah I, I'm not I'm not sure how to, how well Tim took that really obviously we do we, we did try to say and we should emphasize again that you know, Tim's very new at this uh, and he did what he he thought was best he didn't realize um the way he put things together wasn't that usable <laughs> for us so no let's, no yeah don't please don't take offense tim we weren't um we weren't trying to you know call you out for that we obviously we, we appreciate the effort you've put in and we, we are looking forward to to hearing the review i have to say amazon kind of confusing me at the moment they've i agree they've just announced this thing today that's the, the amazon echo which is basically is a is a kind of a uh a post yeah, posts that you put in your room that that acts like a, acts like a Siri all the time. But it's connected to Amazon, uh, and it, you I, they just seem to be all over the map at the moment. It's like they're throwing things out to see what sticks, kind of like Google used to do, um. And it, but but with hardware, and it it just it's a really odd strategy to me.
2: I agree. I don't know, the the Amazon Echo. It's really Siri to order stuff around your house. That's really what they're kind of positioning it as, isn't it?
1: Uh, I think so, um, and uh, I, 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 just don't, I don't understand it. <laughs> I, I don't I, either because I, I mean I'm a bit you know you and I are both big Amazon users uh, we're both Prime members I, I get stuff from Amazon all the time it's, it's in fact the days I don't receive an Amazon parcel at work I get a little bit disappointed. <laughs> well, here's the thing, you know,
2: T- Tim sends this uh, Tim Clark sends in this Amazon Fire TV Take Two review, yeah. and I'm looking forward to uh, to learning more about it because I was kind of interested in it, but here's the dilemma, David. I already ordered the Fire TV stick, Yeah. which is – I don't think it plays games like the the one he'd reviewed. But I got it for the introductory price, Prime member price of $19. And it ships out – well, it says delivery estimate Tuesday, December 2nd. I paid $19 for it. And it's just a little uh, HDMI USB type of stick with a remote. And I've got an extra HDMI port in one of my TVs at least. So I'm looking forward to just to sticking this in there and seeing what it does, what the configuration is, yeah. how easy what apps are on it. And it's just a little stick. So here's Amazon, they've got they're competing with themselves with a very similar product, which I don't understand why you would do that.
1: Yeah. I I, I don't know why though. I I guess maybe they the, the strategy is Fill, fill the tech market with loads and loads of different Amazon products so that whenever anybody thinks about some tech doodad, they think about Amazon first. I, I don't know. The, I
2: guess.
1: But, but this one is, is really odd because the idea seems to be, I mean, it doesn't do the stuff that Google Voice or Siri does. It, doesn't, it won't tell you the weather. It won't uh, integrate with the calendar. It won't send you email or read you text messages or any of the things that these other voice AI systems are, are, have been programmed to do. It's basically just for shopping. Right. And, and I find myself thinking well first of all I always have my phone with me so I can always use the Amazon app I, I don't really see myself shopping on Amazon by voice because I don't only really want to look at what I want to buy before I buy it read the reviews maybe uh, see what other people are buying all of that stuff that Amazon is really good at probably the market leader in in online shopping design and you can well, maybe do... if
2: you set up certain things like okay these are the paper towels I'm gonna always order so with this device, you can say, uh, you know, Amazon, order more paper towel. And it's already a preference that you've set up that when you say that and it's it's confirmed, yeah. it just orders you a 12-pack of paper towels.
1: If I want to – even if I can't be bothered to to type that into the Amazon app or type it onto a website or anything, if I want to say it to something, I don't want to say it to my phone that's always with me. Not because mm-hmm. – what, what, do you have one of these in every room in your house? Do you have, like, Amazon Listening wherever you go? Because otherwise well, – I want to
2: call it – I want to call it Jarvis.
1: Yeah, exactly. But that's the point. <laughs> Jarvis in the uh, in the Iron Man movies is all in the ha- anywhere in the house. Jarvis is always listening. This will right. be presumably in your kitchen or your front room. So that means you have to, if you take the paper towels, so you're in the kitchen and you need the paper towels. Uh, you think you've you either got to yell <laughs> to the front room yeah. to where the, where the where the Alexa um, thing is. Uh, or as soon as you've got to walk to your front room and tell it. In which case, if you if you walk into the room to tell it something, that doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose anyway.
2: Yeah. Kind I,
1: of. I I just I, I don't I I don't understand what niche they're trying to fill with this.
2: You know, I'm looking on their site right now. beyond on the. Uh going back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, I, I ordered the Fire Stick for 19 bucks, but I think it's regular $39. Mm-hmm. Well, the Amazon Fire TV right now is usually $99. is on sale for 84 But other than the ability to play games, I guess, I don't really know what the difference is. No. I don't get it. They're kind of all over the place.
1: Yeah, uh, and, you know, look, I, I guess Amazon are famous for not opening up the kimono too much and telling people what they're doing and also having strategies that, most people can't understand. I mean, oh
2: wow, this Echo thing is bigger than I thought. I hadn't really looked at it a whole bunch. It plays music by Bruno Mars. Oh wait, I guess that's what you can do. I was like, "Well, oh, that's pretty specific, isn't it?" <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> that's just the Bruno Mars uh, this, branded this version. Bruno, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's hundred ninety nine dollars or ninety nine dollars. Prime members save a hundred bucks for a limited time only information music news weather and more instantly controlled by your voice for hands-free convenience voice recognition hears you from across the room all right so uh, it so it does to the do, cloud it, so it's always getting smarter
1: so it does do um, information okay far
2: field so. voice recognition tucked, uh, tucked under echo's right ring is an <laughs> array of 7 microphones these sensors are beam focusing technology to hear you from any direction with an, enha- <clears throat> I'm sorry. With enhanced noise cancellation, Echo can hear you ask a question even while it's playing music.
1: Hmm. Mm.
2: It sounds neat, to be honest. Boy, it's got kind of a nice looking speaker in there, but it would be mono because it's one speaker. Yeah. Uh, Amazon Echo app. Echo doesn't stop working when you're away from home. With the free companion app for or on Fire OS and Android, nothing on iOS, of course. Uh, plus, desktop and iOS browsers, mm-hmm, browsers, uh, you can easily manage your alarm, music, shopping lists, and more. Yeah, I don't see what I don't see. How this is? How is this helping anybody?
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, it's basically a speaker that. I don't know. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird. It is weird. It is. I'm, you know, look.
2: I'm sorry. not saying it's going to be a failure either. No, I, I no. just don't get it. I
1: mean, yeah, that's that's the point. I'm not saying it's no good or anything like. that. I just don't understand what the niche they're trying to fill with this product is. It, uh, I, and, I
2: will say it's neat looking, but yeah, If, it's, if the regular price is two hundred dollars, I don't, I don't get that.
1: Well, I. Presume, I've already
2: got a phone, and I don't have to spend yeah. another two hundred dollars for this doodad that just sits in one room.
1: I presume it's aimed at. Prime customers because it's cheaper for Prime uh, users, but I, I, you know, well, I said this with the Fire Phone. These these kind of things that enhance Prime and you want to drive people to Prime to me, you need to really subsidize them hard to uh, make them attractive to Prime users. And the phone's a very good example of that. The phone is eight three million dollars worth of them sat in a warehouse. I mean, they've yeah, yeah. taken a bath That's on that.
2: Um, well, with the phone, they should just have made it, uh, uh, you know, a small tablet. And just sent it to every Prime member out there. Don't even ask. Just send it to them. That, that would have been smart because yeah. it would have at least got used.
1: Yeah, with, with U2's album loaded on it. Don't ask. <laughs> just put in the mail. Here you go. This from us.
2: It, well, no, but this is different. You're not taking yeah. up anybody's you No, know.
1: you know what I mean, though. <laughs> that would be funny if they yeah, literally yeah. did just send it to everyone without asking. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. Pre
1: <laughs> but yeah, but that wouldn't be creepy at all if they sent everyone to 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 every prime minister preloaded with all your information already logged onto Amazon.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, we, we we laugh I could see that happening. I certainly could. So anyway, yes, yeah, so they're all over the map, but I guess we'll when this thing actually comes out we'll see whether it uh, you know, it, I, you know I, 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 what
2: I don't like in this pretentious bullshit. And it says the price and then instead of like adding it to your cart, it says request an invitation.
1: Yeah, well
2: Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> request shut up. Get away from me.
1: Don't don't yeah, don't try and make it I am what that is always a weird thing where they try and dress up buying something into some sort of, you know, royal experience. Right. You know? Um I, I, for some things, I can understand. If you spend a lot of money on a, on a, I guess on a high-end Porsche or something like that, you might expect them to, you know, have a, a, a key handover ceremony where they might open a sh- bottle of champagne and all of that sort of thing. But most people, no matter how much you're, you're paying for something, you just want to buy it. You don't want to be schmoozed while you buy it, do you? Oh. Not that's... after you've decided to buy it. Maybe you want to be schmoozed to actually convince you to buy it, but after you decide to buy it.
2: I, I request an invitation say, no. shut up i feel like dennis larry shut up <laughs> yeah uh i don't like that at so, all um, yeah. so i was uh you know we we have uh, an exhibition here
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh had a table with some products on it blah 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 and last night i was putting everything to uh, uh back in the boxes i thought we we had it today as well and it turns out today being friday turns mm-hmm. out i've literally got nothing to do today david all right um I've got a few meetings that I'm gonna uh, go talk to a few people, but otherwise, I actually could have flown home today. So I'll I'll suffer through a Southern California day and eighty degrees weather.
1: <laughs>
2: Woe is, is me. It,
1: is it snowing back in Michigan?
2: Yeah, almost. <laughs> so so I was putting my boxes and taping everything together, and uh, I was putting some tape on the last well second to the last box. And the tape came off a little bit as I was cutting the tape, so I pulled down a little bit on it and end up cutting my thumb really bad. You'll not believe how much blood will come out of the tip of your fe- your thumb.
1: Oh, well, like, it I, was everywhere. I'm, I'm diabetic, so I regularly prick yeah, the ends of my know. fingers, so I do know. Yeah. Wow,
2: well, I I uh, got to remember. You got to remember that. Yeah, the
1: you got to remember the the ends of your fingers are so packed with nerve endings and all of those. Cells need oxygen to work properly, so that's why there's so much blood flow to the end of your fingers.
2: I, I gotta tell you, I've got stitches. I, I'm gonna guess fifty to seventy-five times in my life, maybe even a hundred. Yeah. And it, you know, my blood, my, seeing my own blood doesn't bother me. Getting cut, yeah, it hurts, but it's more of an inconvenience than anything. It's an annoyance. Mm. But this one, I cut myself. I was woozy. I my whole body started sweating profusely. I was like, "Holy moly!" Uh, I had to sit down. I was like, "I might pass out if I stay standing up."
1: Yeah, really?
2: And uh, yeah, the hotel—it's a nice hotel. They had a um, an EMT guy. Well, he's—I I don't know what he does full time here, but he's also a part-time EMT that they trained. And he came nice. over with him, you know, everything and took care of me. And you know, I felt good. And then he gets on his microphone. Uh, we need a uh, hazmat team over. There. <laughs> Oh, like yeah.
1: I don't have Ebola. Yeah, you say. You say, I've not been to Liberia recently. Ebola. <laughs>
0: no, you know,
1: I, look, we we uh, we talked about Ebola. Well, we, Owen and I talked about Ebola. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I uh, you know, yeah, and and you know, on, in some respects, the reaction to it, the overreaction to it, in some ways, some respects, is comical. Um, but actually, you know, let's face it, a lot of people really suffering with a, with a terrible, terrible disease, killing thousands of people. Um, but, still, um,
2: still fair game for jokes.
1: Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be too po-faced about it, but, um, no. yeah, I think, I think the, the hilarity there is the reactions that you get. You know, That's we've all seen, we've all seen the pictures of the, the woman sat in the airport in a plastic suit because she's so worried about getting it. And, uh, <laughs> I saw a great tweet a couple of weeks ago that said, um, Please remember, anyone worried about Ebola, more people in the U.S. have played Batman in the movies than have died from Ebola.
2: Yep. <laughs> you know, I like I mean, that. I mean, I it, that. Is,
1: it is... Yeah, so let's you want not... to hear something
2: really cool that happened? Sure. So as part of uh, the Mac Tech Conference, they always do something special with the uh, attendees every year. And this year... And I posted this up on uh, my Facebook page and stuff. This year was a tour... Dinner and a special screening at Disney Animation Studios. Now, this isn't like the some uh, touristy thing. This is the actual Disney Animation Studios offices. This is true offices. behind the
1: scenes. This isn't. This
2: is true yeah, this behind is the no, scenes. There's I,
1: no guided.
2: I, I got to, well. It's part of it was guided. Like they they wanted to take us down and see the uh, server room.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow!
2: Holy crap! <laughs> um, just you. It, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but this is the actual offices where they work, where they put these movies together. Uh, whatever movie they're working on is kind of the way they decorate their offices. It's very Pixar ish. And it was, uh, it was pretty amazing, but it's on the Disney ABC lot. Mm -hmm. So our group was quite large. So they had to break us up into different groups to go see, uh, a preview of Big Hero 6 Mm -hmm. because that's the big movie coming out. In fact, I think it came out today. Um, Quick review. Your kids will love it. You'll find it predictable and a little – it's its okay, but there's nothing I, did, surprising what, to What, did it.
1: you see the whole movie?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I saw cool, the
1: whole thing. Cool. I, yeah, I've been quite looking forward to that one. The trailers look like it was a lot of fun.
2: It's exactly what you think it's going to be, but yeah. there's no surprises for you. Uh-huh. No.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and quite honestly, I have to go see it again because the kids want to see it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was an option that after the tour, you could actually take a bus ride back to the hotel. I totally would have done that because by the time I got back to the hotel, it was 1130. But remember, I keep myself on East Coast time, so it was 230 in the morning for me. That was brutal. Mm -hmm. But uh, seeing the Disney Animation Studios, as cool as that was, and it was so cool, it was a surreal experience. We had to go to, because we broke up the groups, and I was one of the first people to go over, mm-hmm. we got to go into a private screening room where the directors usually are seeing rough cuts of the film. Yes. And it's exactly what you thought think it would be. It holds about, I don't know, 50 people. Mm-hmm. So it's a very small theater. But it's cutting-edge technology in there. The sound system was amazing. But in the back, they actually had that table with a screen on it and a telephone exactly the way you see it in some of those movies. Yeah. And it was amazing to be in there. But Mm -hmm. more important, the walk from Disney Animation Studios through the movie lot over to Disney headquarters and then into this private screening room. I'm walking by these giant sound stages where they actually have these sets running and filming stuff and um, seeing the Disney home Mm -hmm. office and ABC is right there Mm -hmm. and, and then going in and seeing the actual stuff that, that Walt Disney created to get these kind of, or uh, these cool Mm -hmm. effect shots on animation where he would have different cells at different levels that he could refocus the camera on. It was amazing. It was just, I I so wanted to work there. I was like, Oh my God, this is, I belong at a place like this. It was just amazing. It's what you think it would be, but better, because it's real.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I suppose you you, you kind of half expect to walk around a corner and a bit like Eddie Valiant in uh, the Prime Roger Rabbit, you'd see an actual cartoon walking around, you know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It it was really like that. It really was. The thing is, we couldn't even bring our phones with us. No. They would not let you take any pictures, because this isn't the touristy stuff. This is the actual... This is where the magic happens. So, they, so, didn't, they don't so want you taking pictures. anything
1: you see them working on is stuff that's a long way from release now. So they don't want you talking about that.
2: No, no. Yeah. They don't. But I did know something from something I saw there. Mm-hmm. But that actually came out, was confirmed, and, and Disney talked about it just yesterday. And I was like, ah, I knew two days ago. Yeah. And that's Toy Story 4 is coming.
1: All right, Yeah. So I saw the, uh, saw the um, news about that. John Lasseter directing again. So... Yeah, I've got a lot deal. of hopes
2: for that. I didn't like Toy Story three very much, to didn't be honest. You? I know, no, I didn't. I the first one is the best. The second yeah. one, I really liked the story of the cowgirl and all that. I thought the third one was just a money grab. I wasn't impressed, to be honest. Um, but uh, uh, John Lester is coming back yeah, for the fourth that, one.
1: Yeah, I think the the thing that made the third one was the the final fifteen minutes. I mean, the uh, you know that that scene at the end where he's going away to college. Uh, and that was good. You know, that yeah. that, that, that kind of really encapsulated... But I, it,
2: I didn't need it. to sit through an hour and a half no, before that to get yeah,
1: to it. Yeah, you of know, the bad guy.
2: Yeah, bad it guy just there was parts that I liked. I liked the whole Ken and Barbie thing, and that was cool. But eh, for the most part, I wasn't impressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, was, I don't want to hog the whole show talking about what I'm doing and how special I am <laughs> for getting to see it. But... It was cool, man. It really was. And let's be honest: if you're a Mac professional out there, it's not cheap to come to Mac Tech. It's not like going to a Mac World. I mean, it costs you thousands of dollars to come. Um,
1: yeah, well, yeah. You but know, if that's
2: your job, yeah, man, this is something that you should really look into. It, it it's is. It's thing. badass. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to support this thing going forward as as uh, OWC, I think, because yeah, it's it's our customers. It's it's our professional customers, and it's it's really the real deal, and it's great.
1: So how many um, how many delegates were there? Do you think?
2: Mm, maybe two hundred.
1: Okay, so two hundred fifty. Good, yeah.
2: yeah. it sounds small, but it's it's just the right size in that um, I got to meet pretty much anybody yeah. multiple times,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, it, it's great. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, to be honest though, David, I did know quite a few people here. Yeah. Uh, but not through OWC. Uh, Dave Hamilton is here. Right. And so I got to hang out. He was actually one of the people that I went with the, um, the Disney tour in the basement to look at the server stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I, I had him cracking up. Because <laughs> halfway through the tour, I said, so this is like computery stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam Angst and Tanya Angst from Tidbits are here. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was nice to see and talk to them. And I had uh, we had this game show thing that we, had, that we were doing on the bus. From our hotel over to Disney, and, the, and it was literally an hour and a half ride, even though it's like twelve miles away.
1: Yeah, it's Los Angeles.
2: Well, they they planned to leave at five o'clock. Duh.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah. Adam Adam sat right behind me in the next aisle, and, and it was this movie quiz, and you had to guess the the movie for whatever it was. So every time, you know, you had to start guessing. I would just yell out Ghostbusters. <laughs> And Adam was laughing so hard, he started joining in. So he started yelling out (laughs) Ghostbusters for every answer. Uh,
1: Good times. Name the movie where the first
2: black woman was nominated for an Academy Award. Ghostbusters!
1: Sigourney Weaver! Ghostbusters! Um, Um, It was fun. Yeah, cool. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're having having fun and you've got a day off-ish today anyway, before you head back. So uh, I'm going to put an ad in here and then we'll be back in a couple of minutes.
0: Hey guy, there's a new podcast out. Great. What's it about? Let's talk apple. Well, yeah, we will. We will. But uh, what's the podcast called? Let's talk apple. Uh, okay, if you want to. Uh Rainier, Silkin, Gold Rush, Pippin. What are you on about? I'm talking apple. Huh? That's what you wanted, wasn't it? Us talking about apples? Well, there we go again, tangentially as usual, moving off topic. Did you know Bart Bushart has a new podcast out? Yep. Let's talk apple. Oh, Jeez.
1: Okay, and we're back through the magic of podcasting. Um, amazing, amazing. Yeah. So, just we're just going to talk about uh, a quick topic here, Tim, before we uh, before we sign off, because I, I do want to get that um, that review from Tim into the show as well. Um, Absolutely. Something that kind of grinds my gears uh that i've seen online the last couple of days i I don't even notice a couple of days ago um microsoft updated office for the ipad
0: Mm -hmm, and and, and
1: they also brought it to the iphone and the iphone plus six that is Uh, the older iphones as well but to be honest with you it really does work better on the bigger phones because you need space to be able to see what you're doing in office um and uh, they made some changes. Previously, if you wanted to edit or create documents in, in the in these Office applications, um, you had to have an Office 365 subscription. Uh, they've changed that now, so you don't need to do that. You need to have a Microsoft account, but that's free to get. Um, and effectively, it's like a freemium model. So you get most of the features of say Word or PowerPoint um, with with that free subscription but if you have Office 365 it open up more, opens up more features in the app um, and it's, it's fine you know it's great that I've taken a look at the apps there are um, fairly fairly nice improvements over the previous versions uh, and I still think it's a great thing that, that these apps are available on iOS with uh, something we've been clamoring for for a long time but something that wound me up is some of the commentary that I saw in the tech press about this. And and this, this is, there's a certain type of tech writer who, um, who who plays this card, and it really irritates me because, not because of what they're saying itself, it's because it's so myopic. It's so, uh, you look at me, aren't I a special snowflake? And, and the, the, the pitch goes something like this. It's, oh, well, yeah, this is all very well, but who uses Office anymore? Um, Mm, everyone collaborating should be using google docs or just writing in a text editor you know word is such a dinosaur um i suppose yeah i know some people can really make excel fly but word and powerpoint uh why would you want that pages is free keynote is free And, and and this is pretty much the tone of it and and it winds me up because it's so ignorant of the way the world actually is. Well, they're biased, yeah. yes, but, but you know what? I can live with bias as long as you appreciate. It's,
2: it's myopic. It's yeah. It's, you know, this is how I work. I can't yeah. imagine anybody. And I'm so I'm such an advanced creature that mm-hmm. everybody should be working like me. And if you're not, well, you're just an idiot.
1: Yeah, I I look, I understand that most most journalists who are writing, I, whether they're writing for a, a print publication or online now they only submit their copy. They either submit it directly into a content management system or they send in as text files. And so, yes, those people don't need a sophisticated word processor. And if you do need a sophisticated word processor just to generate pretty documents that people want to read then you don't need Word either because there are plenty of others, far cheaper alternatives, including like, uh, Apple's own pages, that can do that for you for, for, for much less money. But the point is, is the entire business world uses these applications. And you know what? We send documents to each other, we change them, we work on them, and we need to be able to do that in the same application that's everybody using. And that's why Office is so much a big part of Microsoft's business. It's their second biggest revenue generator after windows and so you can't just it's it's like it's like taking the um i don't know the the biggest selling ford car available and going oh ford who 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 drives a car like that anymore why would anybody even need that you shouldn't even need to be able to do that you can just go on public transport that's a far better way of doing it it's just basically writing off a whole class of something because you know nothing about it and it doesn't fit with your lifestyle and it really irritates me because it's it's you're not serving anybody's re, any of your readers by doing that
2: i agree yeah I, i'm with you 100 now you yeah. want to hear my rant I'm sure. really ticked off about something. Go on Seriously, for years, for years, I've been promoting free of charge. They've never contacted me. They've never been a sponsor, but I love the product, Evernote. Yeah. I did. I did a, a presentation at MacWorld Expo five years ago on Evernote for free for them. You know how much publicity I gave them for that. Yeah. And I I used it so often. I thought you know I should I should be a uh, a Prime member or a premium subscriber, whatever yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, you and I are both have of, of the view that if you use something regularly, then you should, you should, pay, for it. You should pay, pay them some money. And, and,
2: but yeah. here's the thing. It's like 100 bucks a year, and I was getting zero benefit out of it. So they got two years of subscription from me, then I turned that subscription off because it comes out of my own pocket. Yeah. I didn't see the benefit personally over and above the very basic feature that I now use it for. And I, that's fine. But here's what happens now, David. I'm literally on the airplane. I remember there's a note that I have in Evernote that I need for some work I'm doing on my laptop. Yeah. I open up my phone and I launch Evernote. And guess what it does? Oh, you're not connected to the internet. You can't look at your notes if you're not connected to the internet Ugh. unless you pay the, our, our ransom. We have your notes now. You're not connected to the internet. You're not a premium subscriber. You don't get to look at your own notes. I'm really pissed off about this. I'm going to send them an email and I'm going to tell them, look, I can understand if you don't let me look at something on your website if I'm not a premium subscriber, but you don't get to hold my data hostage because I'm on an airplane and cannot connect to the internet. You don't get to... You don't get to deny my my content because I'm not connected online without paying you a ransom. And if they don't turn this around really quickly, I'm going to make it my personal campaign to write all kinds of negative stuff about Evernote. I'm really, really pissed off about this. It is absolutely the worst business model that you could do to hold my content, something I've been using your app for years, and to hold my content hostage until I give you a ransom.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, Evernote is one of those applications that is now, you know, deep in the hold to venture capital funding, um, you know, and they've got to pay the bills. And unfortunately, you end up getting decisions made that drive revenue rather than necessarily serve your customers. Uh, And And here's
2: the thing. It's a note-taking application that has some nice advanced features. There's a 100 other apps that do exactly the same thing that doesn't hold your data hostage. And if they don't reverse this practice immediately, I'm going to educate a lot of people on all of their competitors.
1: Well, not only that, particularly on on iOS 8 now with with iCloud Drive, pretty much any note-taking app can sync things between your devices. You don't need to have a third-party service do that for you. If
2: anybody listening to this has the counter-argument of why this is a good business practice, why I shouldn't be able to look at my notes if I'm not connected to the internet without paying them a ransom, let me know. I would love to debate that with anybody. Tim at techfanpodcast.com. Send me an email. I would love to hear it. Or like I've talked about in the past record yourself send the audio commentary in and tell me why this is a good idea i would love to hear the counter argument because i can't think of one
1: no I, i'm very much with you i mean there's nothing that irritates me more than um any bit of software that requires as, as i've talked about before that requires an online um component to work when that online component doesn't drive the function of the software so you know well, here's all the of thing. these games the- all of these games that basically won't won't uh, work on your on your devices unless they can phone home while you're using them. Uh, you know it's the same it's the same sort of thing. And and I'm not interested in oh we're well, not paying so it, it it screw that. It doesn't matter that you're not paying because they can't it's like you say they can't hold a, a live connection over you as a way of forcing money out of you.
2: So and it's it's kind of a it's getting crappy. Well, right now I've got it open and I just said sync And it says, you need to connect to the internet to synchronize with the Evernote server. Uh, I'm talking on Skype right now. Are you retarded? I I happen to be online. So let me quit this application. Let me relaunch it. Because it's obviously, I'm not updating dynamically. Because when I did launch it, I wasn't connected to the internet. Because I got to reconnect to the hotel Wi-Fi and all that um, every time. Well, every morning anyways. And, uh, okay, so it's relaunching now. Uh, it's syncing, so it's not dynamically updating. So let's just find out how much it is, David. I'm going to go to, uh, come on, I'm going to go to upgrade to premium. It's uh, $44.99 a year or 4 a month. Now, I'm not saying it's not worth 45 bucks a year. That's no. not my argument. No. My argument is you don't get to hold my content that I've been using for years hostage like this. You don't get to do that and without paying the piper. And the piper is going to be publicly slamming your product and your company for the next five years if you don't reverse this.
1: Uh, And talking about a product we were talking about before, Office Online, Office 365, does not do that. The SkyDrive component, which, by the way, now has unlimited storage, Quite literally, unlimited storage for every user. Um, there is no... It's not 1 terabyte. It's not 10 terabytes. It's as much as you can upload there, yeah? It's despicable, man. It, yeah, it really they, is. They, they, they do not hold your documents hostage whether you're a paid subscriber or not. And, in fact, their product for this, OneNote, is completely free, integrates with SkyDrive, uh, and and is cross-platform, does everything Evernote does, and probably a few bits more. for no Well, money Microsoft's at all.
2: about to get another customer because... I'm so disgusted and pissed off with Evernote right now. Who would have thought a year ago that I'd say, I'm going to give up Evernote for a Microsoft product? Mm. Well, I'm at that point because I'm just not happy at all with with Evernote.
1: No, I understand what you're saying. And, yeah, I I share your uh, concern and also be interested if anybody feels strongly the other way. So uh, get in touch. If you work for Evernote, if you represent Evernote, uh, also be interested in having that conversation with you to yeah, understand you, what I, what drives that decision because basically you are effectively holding uh customer satisfaction to ransom for money um, Well
2: they'll say well look we you know 99.9% of our users are the free users and we can't continue as a company when you know that's the case we need so to fine. generate revenue so fine but here's the thing you're the one that bought the you're the one that created the company in this model.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
2: you don't get to screw your oldest users that picked you up and started using it before anybody else and actually promoted for free your product and then hold my da- my data hostage.
1: Exactly. And, and if, if you need revenue, then have the guts to turn around and say, right, you want to use the service, pay. And if you don't want to yeah. use the service, don't pay. But right. what you don't get is a free version. I, I yeah. wish, Sometimes I wish more people would do that rather than charge higher prices that subsidize all the free people. That's but, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's um, a good point. In Interested to hear what our, uh, what our listeners think of that. But uh, I am going to call it there, Tim, because you've got places to go. And uh, I've got a uh, Tim section to put in here. So I'm going to do that. And um, when are we speaking again? Next week?
2: Next Tuesday.
1: Next Tuesday, yeah. And hopefully Owen will be able to join us then as well. So we'll see how we get on. I hope you have a safe trip home. Thank you. And you're not too jet lagged.
2: No, you know, I don't get jet too much. Okay. Uh, the only problems I had is that altitude in Denver.
1: Yeah. Okay, so uh, enjoy the sunshine today, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Have a good weekend. Thanks, David.
0: Hi, I'm Tim Clark, and welcome to my review of the Amazon Fire TV for the Tech Fan Podcast. I'm going to run through unboxing, what's in the box, build quality, setup, connectivity, right the way through to the content and, and delivery. So, unboxing... Pretty simple affair, sticky tag on the outside that's got an outer sleeve around the main box. Um, on that outer sleeve there's sort of general advertising of what the Fire TV has in store for you. You lift the tag, slide the box out and inside that there's some frustration free packaging labelling um, showing a small tag that you peel off. Um, once you peel that off you slide out what is a high quality box and uh, inside that box is your, your Fire TV a remote control, a power unit, instruction booklet and your limited warranty. First thing to note is this thing is very small and thin. It's about the size of four iPhone Ss. so if you put two side by side and then two on top of those ones um, then that's about the side of it. Very small indeed. The remote is small too but it's not too small and fiddly for um, large sort of adult hands. It's got a navigation ring um, and a select button and then um, Six smaller buttons which cover uh, back, home, menu, rewind, play, pause and fast forward. The build quality looks good. Um, the unit, the power supply and the remote are all finished in a matte black, um, slightly rubberized tactile surface. Um, then it, those are accented with shiny piano black. It's a tasteful and high quality looking product. Connectivity is really easy. Um, I've got Ethernet running throughout my house, um, so there was an extra cable to uh, push it into the back of the unit. All in all, it took me about five minutes, and that included moving the TV out and putting it back. You've got an Ethernet port, power supply, HDMI port, optical out, and there's a USB port as well. But this is for, as yet undisclosed, accessories and developer support. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not for local file storage or playback at the moment, but maybe this will happen in the future. So once everything is plugged in, uh, the first screen that you see is the Amazon Fire TV searching for the remote. So you press the home button for five seconds, it connects, and then the Fire TV will ask you for, uh, to press play and pause to start the whole process. You select your language, go through some software updates. Um, mine took about six minutes, but i got a 100 meg connection, and remember I'm uh, using Ethernet as well. Runs through a sequence of other searches for other updates um, and it's already set up if you're a Prime member, so it's already set up with your account information. You press the, uh, the relevant buttons and you're in. Um, you then have a tour that starts, it's got a little animated character and he runs you through voice search and shows you about Amazon Cloud Drive and photographs and all that sort of things. Um, it then will ask you to set up parental controls and then you're good to go. Navigation is relatively simple, Uh, down the left hand side of the screen there's a menu and this runs through everything from uh, your recently watched uh, programs down to the settings for the Fire TV, you scroll up and down on the left hand side of the screen. It's clear it's easy to navigate as well and the remote is pretty easy to use. The circular navigation ring is similar to that on the Apple TV, Um, left, right, up, down, that sort of thing. Um, It's efficient and familiar. And the voice search uh, means that you don't have to use the ring too much for inputting and searching, it's really just for selection. So onto the voice search, it really is very good indeed. I have to say for a a straight out of the box first attempt at voice search, it's excellent. Um, You press and hold the voice search button, Uh, you say what you want to view or what you're searching for on the Fire TV uh, and it feeds you back some options. You just navigate then to the options that it gives you and then you, you select that and away you go. It does have some limitations though, maybe I'm trying to push it too far, but you can search for a TV or a film or some music but you can't go any deeper than, than the, the, the content at its sort of upper level. So if you wanted to search for Alpha House for example, which is one of the TV programs that's on um, uh, Amazon Prime, you can search for Alpha House but you can't search for something like Alpha House Season 2 Episode 4 it'll only take you to Alpha House and then you have to use the remote control with the um, navigation ring to go left, right, up, down to to the um, the right uh, episode that you want to see. So there are plenty of apps. Um, They're mostly for content consumption and gaming. Um, There's nothing that I could see for for any productivity but I suppose you wouldn't want to do much productivity on um, on your TV really. Uh, I downloaded the YouTube app, it was just random, just picked one, had a go and it was fine. Within about five minutes, I'd logged in and was able to view the sort of content that I like to watch, which is mostly uh, motor racing. And uh, logged into the stations that I've that I've got the channels, and um, yeah, everything was fine. Also downloaded the, tu- the TuneIn Radio app. That was was easy enough. Um, signed into that, had a look at that. Um, within two or three minutes, I was once again I was up and running and um, and listening to the radio haven't downloaded any games yet. Um, I've got an Xbox, uh, an Xbox One. Um, really don't need uh, what is basically an upscaled Android game to be sat on the TV for me to have a, have a play with. I might do if I can find some free ones to have a look at. Um, most of the decent titles there, um, decently inverted commas, uh, would be from, from the makers of things like you know, Gamerloft or someone like that. They're good for phones and tablets, but I don't think it's going to be an exact thrilling experience on a TV. Um, there may be some retro style games that are on there that I might have a look at. But generally speaking, um, don't know about the gaming, haven't tried it as yet. Um, but if I get an update, I'll perhaps I'll let Tim know in the future. Content delivery is pretty seamless as well. Scrolling through on the left hand side using the menu, you can select your music, your TV, your video, um, your, your photos that you want to look and look at. Um, once you've accessed those, you just scroll to the left or right and, and select exactly what you want to look at. Um, the voice search could be used to select a particular title. Um, I don't know whether it can select um, photographs. I've, I've had a go at photos. It, it finds the main photos and it would find the groups as well. But it doesn't. You can't go in and find a particular photograph. Um, once you've selected it and you start to view, um, it immediately starts to, to stream. Um, I'm finding it about four or five seconds, maybe ten seconds, to stream directly into HD. Um, so there's a little bit pixelation to begin with, but it, it's not bad. Um, the remote right control is nice and simple to use. You're you're using it for for pause, fast forward, rewind, um, and it's very slick. It it works exactly as it should do on a t on a TV. It's because I think you've got dedicated buttons. You're not trying to access sub functions within one single button. You're, you're looking at a button that says pause, you press it, and, and it pauses. So um, it, it's all very good indeed. There aren't really any ads to speak of either. Um, all you get are some recommendations for other content, uh, and that's based on what you've been listening to or watching. It's not very intrusive, it's not particularly salesy, and um, I, I didn't find it any sort of uh, interruption to what I was trying to do or interrupting any viewing or listening pleasure at all. The thing is that the Fire TV doesn't actually have an off button it just uh, peacefully drifts into a sleep mode um, before it does that it goes into a screensaver mode as well but whilst it's in screensaver it's streaming these pictures from the, uh, from the internet um, apparently if you haven't got it in pan and zoom and you've got mosaic set in the preferences at the bottom of the menu um, bar on the left hand side if you've got it set to mosaic it's streaming these pictures at quite an alarming rate and it's eating your data up massively as well so if you've got a download cap, um, you might want to think about that. That said, Amazon are aware of the problem and apparently they're looking to put a patch or a bug fix out for it and they may have already done this by the time that uh, you live. To compare the Amazon Fire TV to the Apple TV is, is difficult. Um, they both do the same thing in essence, which is deliver content um, but they do do it differently. Um, my personal opinion is, I believe, the, the Amazon Fire TV does it in a better way. Um, I like the menu um, functions. I like the search function. Um, I feel that the Apple TV is a little dated. Uh, it's probably up for a major update at some point in the future. But I'm I'm not a lover of it. We had one for a period of time downstairs, and it's gone upstairs into my son's bedroom. Um, he's perfectly happy with it. He loves it. But it, it just it was okay. It was useful for. For um, AirPlay and things like that, but it it, it's, it didn't really work for me as a device to consume content by. I suppose for me the way one of the reasons why the the uh, the Amazon Fire TV wins is that I'm a Amazon Prime member, so I get there's a load of stuff that I get for free. Um, so it, it makes a, it makes a quite a, a good argument for me to have one of these sat uh, downstairs and hooked up. It's an enjoyable experience, it it works well, I've accessed content like I said via a tablet before in the past, uh, or a games console, it's far better than both of those, and uh, it makes consuming content uh, very pleasurable. So is it worth getting one? Well, like I've mentioned before, I have an Amazon Prime subscription, so there's content that I can access for free. Um, I don't know whether it's just because I'm cheap, but I just like the idea that I can I can get access for, for basically free. Um, if I wanted to buy a movie or rent a movie that's not on um, in uh, Amazon Prime, then I certainly can do that. That's, that's a very simple process as well. It's, it's, there's nothing sort of segmented between them. But you can search primarily for your your free content. Well, like I said, if you've got an Amazon Prime membership, then, yeah, actually it's probably worth it. I bought mine when it was on offer, uh, on a pre-order as a Prime member, so it cost me um, £49, they're only £79 now, Um, and I think that it's it's pretty good. So in summary, it gets a a thumbs up from me. Uh, I'm a real Apple fanboy, but I'm also a a tech fan, Uh, no pun intended by the way, and I'd like just to see what other, what other technology can do for you. This is a cracking little box. It's it's tiny, it's very unobtrusive. it's very easy to use and, and whether you wanna watch the Penguins of Madagascar or you whether, wanna watch uh, Dexter, you can do it without fumbling around and pressing buttons to try and find things. So, living with the Amazon Fire TV for the last two or three weeks, I've found it very pleasurable it's a simple little box to use uh, content access is easy the voice search is is new uh, refreshing and uh, easy to use and uh, i would definitely recommend this product to uh, to anybody looking for a streaming media device for um, accessing content from the net it's fantastic